Are you a creative? I think you are. And that's why you should join my circle community, the Creative Study Lounge. Listen, we all know how social media is right now with all the lying, the bots, the ads, the shadow banning, your posts not getting seen, the requests from people you don't know, the strange activities. Social media is a mess right now. So that's why I decided to create a community just for creatives where we can get down and talk about writing, video games, art, development, things in popular media, whatever we want, or just some nonsense. There's a place for it all. It's at the Creative Study Lounge. And while you're there, you can get the merch, send me questions, comments, ideas, and you can generally support the podcast. Check the links in the description. We'll be adding more as time goes along, but hey, it's a good thing. CreativeStudyLounge.com or check the links in the description. Once again, that's CreativeStudyLounge.com or check the links in the description. And you won't have to listen to this dumb advertisement. Now let's get on with the program. Before we begin, let me make a disclaimer. I actually liked the Marvels. Shocking for some of you to hear, but it's true. I thought it was a good, fun romp. I thought it was short and enjoyable. I thought it was a fun piece of hero movie action with some interesting characters. Nevertheless, I'm here to use it as a case study. A case study on people caring about what you're creating, why you're creating it, and who you are. That would be a terribly long one. I didn't mean to do this one tonight, but nevertheless, we continue here on Creativity Threads Life, my new podcast. Going strong in January. Gonna keep it going through the rest of the year. If you want to know more about the story behind the podcast, you can go check out the website, see some of my other episodes, and I'll be doing some more work with it here. Then. And as always, you can catch it on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all that jazz. But anyway. That's not important. What's important is we didn't care about the marbles for some. I actually have a theory about that. They're not too deep of a theory, but a pretty simple basis, a pretty simple premise on why people really didn't care for the marbles. Now, first of all, with any Hollywood movie, you have to have something that somebody's going to care about. I shouldn't even say Hollywood movie. I should say any type of entertainment property or especially a property like this or any, any creative thing you're doing if you want, want to go even broader you have to care not care in the creation which is another thing but people have to care about your product your service your offering and with the marvels i'm going to tell you why it just wasn't there no matter how much you spend on it no matter how impressive it is, no matter what message you're telling, no matter how you market it or position it, all these things can build up to different elements of having people care about it. But there's this magic amount of, do I care? And this is hard for a lot of creatives to understand because they care about what they're creating, but they're not looking out at what other people are looking at. So. What I want to do is look at the, the main concepts and ideas. And there are, there are four of them here that I'm going to look for. And I could go deep with this, but as I said, it's late. I'm going to keep it light. I'm going to keep it simple. First of all, these characters are all, I don't want to say second. Uh, we've seen these characters before and they're not doing anything new. So this is a sequel of sorts to a lot of different ideas. 
Now, I don't know how many sequels have worked when the original one didn't work. If we're talking about the sequel working and the individuals didn't, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel worked, did okay, but it's not something that made you think, I want to see the sequel to that. Miss Marvel. I, once again, I thought it was a wonderful show. thought it was fun, lighthearted, good vibe, good introduction to a new character. This is part of Mar Marvel and Disney's experimentation, though. And they released it on Disney Plus to not much fanfare and, quite honestly, not a lot of people watching it. So when you ask somebody to watch a sequel to that, you got a problem. And then, of course, you've got Monica, who was essentially a... I don't even know what type of character to call her. She was a side character in WandaVision and didn't make much of an impression there. No one said I wanted to go see the sequel to that side character in WandaVision. Then you got Nick Fury. Everybody loves Nick Fury, right? You should. But in this, in, in this incarnation of Nick Fury, he's a lot more soft than we had come to expect from him in the previous movies. Something about his Captain Marvel persona is soft. And people are still mad about the reason why his eye is missing. But he's just coming off of Secret Invasion. So after he's coming off of Secret Invasion, people had issues with Secret Invasion. A lot of issues. They really, and it just didn't hit. So nobody wanted a sequel to that. So you got Captain, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, the side character from WandaVision, and Nick Fury. And then you're going to throw in there a villain who doesn't seem to be very interesting on its face. Doesn't seem to be very strong at all. So right off the bat, with just the characters or just the setup of this ensemble, there's nothing people want to see. And you'd figure somebody would have stop the process and try to make something that like, Hey, listen, these characters aren't doing a certain thing, but when you're in a company like Disney or Marvel, you've got this big machine going on and no individual can stop it. And if no one stops it, they're just going to watch it roll down the hill, building up momentum, causing an avalanche and crashing into people's homes. They're just going to watch it happen. So you may say to yourself, well, we know these are, we know these characters come from these other properties. Is that the only issue? Of course not. The fact that all these characters are coming from other properties, it means you need to put in homework to actually understand and know them. You can't just know them out of the blue and, and expect to be a hit. And if you're thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy, I'll get to that in a moment. But first of all, these characters need homework if you add it up I think it's about 12 hours of, of complete watch time between Secret Invasion WandaVision Captain Marvel and um, and Miss Marvel people seem to think that they need to watch all of this and that's not a bad assumption it's like yeah this, these characters came from these other shows I might want to see those first and so that little bit of hesitation causes people not to care about it they're like eh I don't want to see it now. Eh, they got all these characters. Everybody's going to know what's going on except for me. 
even if they tell the story well, they're still going to have that feeling. And this is part of the Marvel problem right now. So that's another reason why people don't care. They don't care to see the continuation of something that they kind of don't want to go through the process of seeing in the first place. They'll go do something else with their time. And then each of these characters, these characters have no story. At this point in time, these characters have no story. Monica Rambeau, what is she fighting for? When you, when you just look at her character, it's like, okay, she's cool. What do I care about her for? Why would I, why would I want to invest time into this? If you know there's a, you know, a shark hunter or something, it's like, okay, um, that guy's going to go hunt sharks. I want to see what he does with this other crazy shark or something silly. I don't know. But Monica Rambeau, we never really got her origin story. We got a little bit in WandaVision. But then they tried to make the Marvels her origin story as well. You see what I'm saying? It's already kind of tough kind of explaining, well, who's that person? Why should I care? Why should I go see this? So then let's look at Miss Marvel. It may have been really cool to see a character from a TV show come up and make a movie exciting. But this is what they call going from the small screen to the silver screen. It, it usually doesn't play out. Very rarely do you see stars from the small screen go to the big screen. I wonder if they have a name for the smaller screen, like people watching it on their phones and iPads instead of watching it on large TVs at home. The puny screen, puny screen, the small screen, and then the big screen. I don't know. But that's where Miss Marvel fell in. And for whatever reason, her show didn't pop off. Once again, why, wouldn't, why would I go see this? Captain Marvel. Well, let's go to Nick Fury first. Nick Fury, Secret Invasion. The story, what is the story there? Why do I need this to continue? Who am I even thinking about? We still kind of don't know Nick Fury's motive outside of putting the Avengers together. When he put the Avengers together, that was a whole thing during its era. But now it seems like he's literally kind of lost in space. That's what it seems like to the outside view. And I have ideas for what they could have done with this later. So Captain Marvel. After, after doing her thing, we just kind of know that she's floating off in space and nobody has any idea of what she's going through, what kind of problems or issues. It's it just, it's so far removed from everybody. So now we have these four characters. Nobody really cares. Now, some of you may say, well, wait a minute. What about, and they could care about Captain Marvel, by the way, they just didn't set it up. And some people may say, well, hey, what about Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, Guardians was an origin story for, for, for one. And two, you know, with the origin story, you always have the, you always get to get the benefit of the doubt because, hey, we don't know who you are. Part of the reason why we're interested in you is because we don't know who you are. So you get into something like Captain Marvel, who had her origin story. Now her sequel is kind of bringing along a bunch of other people. I see the idea they were going for. 
maybe we could have a pseudo sequel that's not just about her and bring Miss Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and Monica. I'm actually mad. I have to stop saying stop and keep saying Monica instead of Photon or Spectrum. I don't know why they didn't give her one of those names. I think there was some legal stuff going on, but anyway. You know, and Nick Fury, it's just kind of this ensemble cast of people with no story. Guardians of the Galaxy, on the other hand, was an introduction, an origin. You got to see all these different characters. And speaking of different characters, these are characters people are kind of interested in seeing. There's a whole ecosystem behind the marketing of a movie like that, where you've got James Gunn, Zoe Zaldana, Chris Pratt, um, Digimon, Jimon, Hansu, uh, in there. You've got you've got Vin Diesel. You even had a you even had an appearance by Nathan Fillion, and he they snuck him in there somehow. I didn't even realize that. Getting people talking, and James Gunn's doing his thing on the circuit. Everybody's discussing this and that, and Twitter's lit up. That really didn't happen with the Marvels. So there was that ecosystem wasn't there. And in Hollywood, you need it really helps, I should say, to have this ecosystem of characters, personalities, famous people really getting into the whirlwind of this whole thing. And with the with Miss Marvel, I mean the Marvels, I just didn't see it. I wish I would have. I think they could have retooled the script a lot to to really hammer some things home and Maybe I'll just offer some suggestions like that's necessary, but maybe I'll just throw some things out there later. So now you've got these characters no one cares about that don't really have too much of a story on their own. And then on top of that, instead of giving them a strong story, we we're plopped in with this villain. And we know they say Marvel has, has a villain problem, and this is one of them. First off, this character seems second rate and badly dressed. Something about this character just doesn't pop. Like the shoulder pads are too big. Maybe you think I'm nitpicking, but the character just didn't have that oomph and didn't strike fear in anyone's heart for any reason. Like, who's this with the gold teeth? Who's this with the grill that needs to be dealt with? And why does she have a hammer of a loser? I'll get into power levels in a second, but her weapon is a weapon that we remember from Guardians of the Galaxy that a loser held. That already just paints this character as somebody weak. The Guardians of the Galaxy should be weaker than Captain Marvel, just in terms of pure power and energy. So you have this character going up against a character stronger than the Guardians of the Galaxy, who is, who looks like to be weaker than the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. So you've got two levels of power differentiation going in two different directions. The villain's weaker and the protagonist is stronger than what you saw in Guardians of the Galaxy. And somehow this weaker protagonist, I mean, this weaker antagonist and the stronger protagonist are going to go up against each other. And the stronger protagonist even has 
their friends and buddies with them, it, it doesn't add up in terms of power levels. So maybe this whole thing would have worked if it was a little more a cat and mouse game. If maybe right off the bat, you know, they were coming after Kamala and it was like chasing Kamala down and that whole thing of trying to save her and she doesn't really understand her powers, but she keeps escaping somehow because, I don't know, the Bengals shooting her off into different dimensions. I don't know. That that seems more straightforward, but instead they replaced it with a gimmick. A gimmick that was interesting and fun, but it didn't really add to the plot and the story. And you need plot and story to really make people care a little bit more. Why should I go see this? Well, they switched places. Oh, okay. Why would I go see this? Well, this is where this character really has to fight and they may lose their powers and this and that. And you start getting them interested. It's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Switching places isn't as interesting of a plot-wise premise that you're going to push. It just becomes a gimmick, a laughing point. People were making comparisons to the old movie Parent Trap, which is unfortunate. As I said, I mean, they did what they wanted to do. It was fun and, you know, kind of campy, cute, whatever. But I'm just pointing out why people didn't care about it. It was hard to describe why you should care about it. It didn't keep you on the edge of your seat. As I said, it was a fun romp. It was relatively quick. And then they threw, I wasn't actually mad at the musical. I usually don't like musicals, but that was a risky move too, putting a musical in there with the K-pop star. And once again, we know why they're doing this. They're trying to build up their younger female demographic. The older male demographic is one thing, but they, Disney slash Marvel that is, they've been trying to build up their younger female demographic to kind of balance this whole thing out and get more money. Um, I'm not mad at that. I'm just pointing out what it is. So instead of growing the audience from the the typical dominating perspective of what hero movies already are, you know, the older male nerd guy getting in the more, I would say more socially outgoing, but yeah, a little bit more family friendly, younger, more female audience. And that was, that was apparent from the movie, I thought. And that was another reason why people didn't care as much. It just wasn't directed at them or at the more, at the usual group of people. Not that it has to be, but you're fighting against a lot of numbers at this point. And don't forget, this is all happening while COVID is going on. We're having a COVID flash theater relapse of sorts where theaters are just bombing, coming off of a strike. I'm not trying to get into all the different reasons. There were a lot of different reasons why it behaved as it did. I'm just talking about the buzz within the people. Why wasn't that buzz there, people talking about it? There's a certain natural buzz that a lot of, a lot of movies have, and this one didn't. In fact, one thing I really wanted to see is if you, if you figure Captain Marvel, and we'll get a little, little bit more into power levels here, Captain Marvel's so powerful, I expected to see at least the trailer hinting at some really over-the-top crazy stuff. I mean, we've seen Man of Steel, so we know what Superman-level powers are, and Captain Marvel comes in, and she's getting 
thrown through a teenage girl's bedroom closet door. And it's just not marvelous. Your character has the name of the, the entire, you know, company on, on this character and nothing extremely marvelous, nothing marvelous was done. Like I didn't see crazy super speed, super power being exhibited. It was just very interesting how it was, it was presented. And they're trying to actually limit her power, make her a little more believable and friendly. I get that. So these were decisions they had to stop and make. And I don't know how exactly I would have answered that. All of these questions have take a lot of time and a lot of angles to look at. So I'm not knocking it for what it did. As I said, I liked it, but I can tell you that they didn't care about it. And these are reasons why. Also, speaking of villains, the villain herself didn't have any, there was no real draw to the villain. And the story premise, I mean, it, it added up, it made sense, but it wasn't alluring. Like the, she was talking about saving a group of people that I'm not sure the audience really cared about or understood anyway. So we're, where are we supposed to go with this character, this, this villain? What are we supposed to learn from this villain? At no moment was I ever concerned about the villain and what the villain might do. Once again, uh, you know, there was the attack on the scrolls, I suppose, but it's like, do we really care about the scrolls either? We kind of played them off and really didn't endear the world to them. I don't know. Once again, that requires you kind of really investing in secret invasion and maybe um, the original Captain Marvel's characters from the scrolls. I don't know. I don't know what you think about the Marvels or why anybody didn't care about it, but anytime you're making anything creative, you got to have people caring about it. You got to put those hooks in there. So, so pe not people should go, they would go. Like there's a lot of events that you, it's like vegetables. It's like, yeah, this has vegetables. It's fun. It's exciting. Has a well thought out story. There's some inconsistencies, but who cares? It's for a good cause. We're getting a new demographic in here. Vegetables. Nobody cares about all that, man. There are some very simple, basic entertainment values that they missed. They would get people to care. Introduction of you know, a new character that really gets to shine some crazy competition that the main character needs to overcome some extravagant show of, of force and power. I mean, this is Captain Marvel we're talking about once again, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. And yeah, as I said, all these require homework. The villains and characters weren't very strong. The world wasn't very strong. Like they didn't go anywhere that I kind of cared about. It was all just boring from that respect too. And speaking of which, um, at this point, I think I'm like done talking about Miss Mar Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, the Marvels, Nick Fury, Flurkin, whatever. Actually, I'll throw in one little side point. 
they literally made Captain Marvel a cat lady. I don't know how, how they thought about putting this together, but when you make someone a cat lady, it's like no one cares about cat ladies. Like that's kind of the trope that somebody doesn't have any friends. Nobody cares about that person and they're living alone with their cats. And they kind of made her a cat lady. So I'm sitting in the theater thinking, wow, um, as much as I like this film, that's, I don't know, that's a little too, too on the nose for me. Did that make sense to you? Didn't totally make sense to me, but I was, I was good with it. But as I'm creating, as I'm trying to build anything, I've started to get into the habit of stopping myself, whether I'm creating a painting, a podcast, an event plan, or even just planning a lunch with somebody. You know, there, there's an element of do they care that started to creep into the way I think about building things. Or why would people want to get into this? Why would people want to engage with what I'm doing? And as I said, this is for anything. You're making breakfast. If you're putting beans and onions in your kids' scrambled eggs, they may not go for it. They don't care about that. You may want to call them down and say, hey, we have pancakes, and then slide them the, you know, onion, onion bean omelet on the side to see what they say, but that's not going to be the thing that they care about. They care about the pancakes instead. This is a hard lesson I had to learn. Really stop and put my project down, walk away from it, close my eyes, turn back around, open my eyes as if I had never seen it before. This is actually a talent thing you can, that you can develop, skill that you can train, being able to stop, think, Stop thinking about whatever you're building, put it down to the side, go do something else, intentionally meditate away from that thing, and then come back and pretend like you've never seen this before. Pretend like you've never seen your own creation before and start wondering, huh, what is it about this? Not, not that it's good or bad. Why should I care about this? Who's bringing this to me? What's it supposed to do? Who made it? You start having all these marketing type of questions. And it's really hard to ask these questions from the outside in when you know all the answers. One obvious way to do this is to make sure you're talking to people. The more you talk to people while you're developing and kind of seeding your ideas into the public, like if you're a painter and you really want to go crazy with, with turquoise, like, hey, man, I think this is the year for turquoise. If everybody tells you, mm -hmm, I don't know about the year for turquoise. I'm not saying that you should change your vision for anybody. I'm saying you might need to understand a little bit of what you're doing, what you're going for. The typical artist mantra is don't worry about what anybody thinks. You create what's inside of you. And you know how many broke artists uh, go by that advice? And you're looking at their work like, wow. You made all these paintings of, uh, of orange cats, you know, black cats are the things that are working this year and they'll just get upset with you. It's like, there's a lot of things you can create that won't disrupt your vision, but can be 
accented and improved by public opinion, by getting outside air, by touching other perspectives. It's really hard to do though. It's like if you've never heard yourself speak recorded and then you listen back to your voice, you're like, holy crap, that's me. You should know that feeling. Or if you don't know what you look like on camera from all different angles and you start recording yourself or somebody records you, then when you look back, you're like, holy crap, that's me. Huh. And it's funny, sometimes people will see themselves or hear themselves and not recognize right away that that's them. Kind of an interesting phenomenon. But we do this with our creativity all the time. We assume that someone sees in our creations what we see in what we've created. And it's a completely different viewpoint. Completely. Over time, you get better at it. You get better at understanding what you're creating, what you're putting out there. And the only thing I can say for this is, um, you know, reps. You start getting in the habit of trying things out, learning to listen, finding out what the people are talking about. And it almost seems like it wouldn't be good art, I should say, or powerful art. That's the word I'm looking for. Really powerful art is an expression that channels a certain feeling from the people, whatever the people is. Certain artists just resonate with a lot of people. If the people are going 10 steps in the direction, that artist that is expressing that certain feeling or that certain mood, if that artist is doing it powerfully, they will have started going way past those 10 steps ahead. They'll have gone 20, 50, 100 steps ahead, 200 steps ahead. And they just see where the, where the energy is going. One of the greatest artists uh, to do good timing is Jay-Z. Jay-Z had incredible timing where he was just ahead of the population. So by the time his songs came out, they seemed like they were right on time. Like, yes, I need to hear this right now. And when it hits somebody in their feels right then and right now, you're like, yes, I need this. So he's one of the few that can really do that. He can hear beats. He can hear where the, where the mood of the public is going. And, you know, we don't like to talk about Kanye West a lot of times. A lot of us don't. But for the people that rock with him, he's expressing a lot of what they're feeling. And for that, he'll continue to resonate. A lot of great artists. I don't know. Maybe you have some examples of those, those people that just resonate with their audience in amazing ways that just works consistently. It's in, and to the point where they resonate with it so well that they bring the rest of the crowd along with them. So that's just something to think about. As always, I want to leave you with a little creative thought here. It is late for me. I don't want to stay too long on these, um, too late at night. But I did want to go ahead and get this one out because February, we're going to be getting into um, some other things I've had piled up in the, in the queue that I need to get rid of. We'll do some Black History ones. Um, any ideas for topics, as always, send them to me. Post them in the comments. Let me know. Want to do some? Um, Want to do some anime-based reflections? 
I just finished watching Attack on Titan, so I may have to talk about that a little bit. But as I said, this is all about creativity and building out what's in your mind. Uh, picture creative, whatever you create. Paintings, arts, tax forms, happy homes, a well-landscaped lawn, a clean kitchen, whatever you're creating, a good time at your job, a happy job, whatever. All of it can be done with creativity. So everybody, make sure you check out the podcast if you're not following. I do these most nights of the week, always talking about a different topic. You can go to creativitythreadslife.com and see all the different episodes that I've done so far. You can also search through them. Uh, I'm going to be updating that website soon. And be sure to follow along on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to. In fact, if you're not listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I'd like to actually know what podcast player you listen on or if that's just YouTube for, for many of you. But yeah, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, as I said, I'm not going to belabor the point. I will see you all later. I do not have a set schedule for these, but just look for me in the evening sometime on the weeknights. And maybe once I get into the groove, maybe sometime in February, I'll have a definite schedule for these. But in the meantime, let me know what you think. Holler at me. Appreciate it. Goodbye.